Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the airwaves of The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo with a program called Talking Point with your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed, standing in for Buta Jamil Wallace. And a very shukran to our producer, and that is Brother Yusuf Mali. Now, this evening, inshallah, with the first segment, we are into a brand new month of the year. So, wishing all our listeners well over this new year, inshallah. And for this week, we're doing something different on our lineup. We are focusing on the Muharram Nasiha with the purpose of educating our community on the history of Islam and what transpired during the early years of Islam. Now in studio, alhamdulillah, we have the Honorable Sheikh Riyad Fatar and this evening we are going to be speaking about Yomul Ashura and the historic events of Karbala. Uh, Sheikh, Assalamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Assalam wa Rahmatullahi Ta'ala wa Barakatuh wa Taridwan all respected listeners out there with Nazim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has granted us another year. Alhamdulillah. Shukran Zazilan Sheikh for always making yourself available. And as we said this evening, inshallah, where do we introduce the topic or the discussion when we speak of the history of Islam around Yomul Ashura and the historic events of Karbala? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil mursaleen, sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een, rabbi sharuh li sadri wa yasir li amri, wahlul uqadatam min lisani yafqa'u qawli. Qala subhanahu wa ta'ala fi kitab al-aziz, بعد عوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن عدة شهور عند الله إثنى عشر شهرا في كتاب الله يوم خلق السماوات والأرض من عربة حرم ذلك الدين القيم فلا تظلموا فيهن أنفسكم بتردوان رسبكت اللسنس الله سبحانه وتعالى سيزن سورة توبة آية نمبر 36 what is meant in English that the months by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is 12 months. The calendar in the year, it's 12 months. And that is how it has been ordained by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He created the heavens and the earth. Four of them Allah ta'ala declares to be sacred months. Mm-hmm. Then Allah ta'ala says what is meant in English, that is the right religion, so therefore do not wrong yourselves in these holy months. And when we speak about the four holy months, then we speak about the Al-Qa'ada, we speak about the Al-Hijjah, we speak about Al-Muharram, and we speak about Rajab. Mm-hmm. For now we are in the month of Muharram, a blessed month, a sacred month, an important month in the Islamic year. It is the first month of the Hijri calendar. And like we had said, it is one of those four sacred months that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to. The Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam, also in a hadith narrated by Imam al-Muslim, and Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, very famous hadith, say, he says, Qadima Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al-Madina, fawajada al-Yahuda yasumuna yawma ashura, fasu'ilu an thalik, faqalu hadha al-yawm, adhara Allahu fihi Musa wa bani Israel, على فرعون فنحن نسمه تعظيما له فقال صلى الله عليه وسلم نحن أولى بموسى منكم فأمر رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بسومه Briefly the, uh, uh, the, the meaning of the hadith is Abdullah ibn Abbas says that the Nabi had come to Al-Madinah Al-Munawwara and found that the Jews were fasting the day of Yomu Ashura mm-hmm. and then they were asked why is it that you are fasting on this day 
And they said this is the day that Allah Ta'ala granted victory to Nabi Musa and his people over Fir'aun. So therefore we fast as a means of honoring that, honoring Nabi Musa and honoring that day when the Jews were saved uh, by uh, Nabi Musa alayhi salam. To that the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam responded, Nahnu awla bi Musa minkum. We have more right to Musa than you. Meaning that we only worship Allah Ta'ala. Mm-hmm. And so therefore we have more right to Musa. And the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam ordered the Sahaba to fast that day. Allow me to quickly jump to a hadith. Um, because one do find that there are people that are saying that you know, the Nabi fasted Ashura when he found that there was another religion that were doing that, so which means he had taken from their religion. Mm-hmm. And that's why he did it. So therefore, I want to quickly correct that uh, because there are claims like that out. In the hadith of Sayyidah Aisha, anha, she says that the Nabi had fasted Ashura before the Hijrah. Mm-hmm. Why is it that that happened? Because Quraysh had fasted Ashura all the years. According to a hadith, uh, or according to a narration, that they had done some great harm in their history. Mm-hmm. And they felt very bad about it. And they were informed, if you want this deed to be wiped out, then you must fast, fast. Ashura. Mm-hmm. And so they fasted, and the Nabi Alayhisam obviously grew up in that community, and also fasted Ashura. So, therefore the Nabi Alayhisam wasn't the first time that the Nabi had fasted when it came to Ashura, Ashura. but it was something part of the life of the Nabi Alayhisam. Now, when we look at the the Yahud that the Nabi Alayhisam had met in Al-Madin Al-Munawwara and found them fasting and so on, um, the happening that is attached to that is important. And that is when Allah Ta'ala had sent Nabi Musa salam, and his brother Harun salam, to who? Yes, to Fir'aun. And uh, like we all know, Fir'aun is the name of a title of a king of, uh, that ruled in the Fir'aunic times. Sent uh, these two Anbiya to him and Allah Ta'ala says, اِذْهَبَ إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ إِنَّهُ طَغَى فَقُولَ لَهُ قَوْلًا لَيْنًا لَعَلَّهُ يَتَذَكَّرُ أو يخشى. Go, you two, meaning Nabi Musa and, and Harun mm. salam, go to Fir'aun, he has transgressed the limits that Allah Ta'ala had set there. And, but you speak to him in a mild and gentle way, mm-hmm. so that it might be that he accept the, the admonition or the reminder, um, or he fears Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Now we know that Fir'aun had become mutakabbir, became arrogant, and he then calls out, Ana Rabbukumul A'la. I and the most exalted Lord, mm-hmm. right? And um, he was a tyrant, he had transgressed, and so on. And we know the story that Nabi Musa salam, together with his people entered the Red Sea. Allah Ta'ala opened the Red Sea for them, and it was dry, and they could walk through. Nabi Musa salam, was 600,000 followers. Allah. Goes through the Red Sea. Who follows them? Fir'aun, Fir'aun. with how many? 1,600,000 of his soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> Fir'aun follows them and so on. And Allah Ta'ala says in the Holy Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 49 to 50, وَإِذْ نَجَيْنَاكُمْ مِنْ أَهْلِ فِرْعَوْنَ يَسُمُونَكُمْ سُوءَ الْعَذَابِ يُذَبِّحُونَ أَبْنَاءَكُمْ وَيَسْتَحْيُونَ نِسَاءَكُمْ وَفِي ذَلِكُمْ بَلَاءٌ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ عَظِيمٌ وَإِذْ فَرَّقَنَا بِكُمُ الْبَحْرَ فَأَنْجَيْنَاكُمْ وَأَغْرَقْنَا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْذُرُونَ Briefly what is meant by that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that we have saved you, Nabi Musa and his people, from Fir'aun 
And it was the worst torments that you had gone through them. It was bad. They were killing off your boy children, meaning the sons that were born, mm-hmm. and they left the girls one side. And that was a great trial from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to you. But then we opened, we parted the sea. Mm-hmm. And you went through it, and we saved you, and we drowned the people, Fir'aun and his people, and you saw the reality mm-hmm. with your own eyes. So therefore, when Allah Ta'ala, when the people of Nabi Musa, Nabi Musa and his people were through, Allah Ta'ala had closed the, the sea. sea. And that is the time when, when Fir'aun had said, I also believe. I believe like Bani Israel believe, and mm-hmm. I believe like Musa believe, and so on. And Allah Ta'ala then says to him, Al-ana wa qad Now you believe, mm. and you refuse to believe before, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that happening, that is the point that I want to come to. That happening, says the ulama, that that has happened on the day of Ashura. Ashura. Another happening that happened on the day of Ashura is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had forgiven Nabi Adam alayhi salam. Nabi Adam alayhi salam had eaten from the tree that Allah ta'ala had forbidden and his wife, uh, Sayyidah Hawa, Nabi Adam through forgetfulness. Through forgetfulness, he had eaten from the tea, and Allah Ta'ala says in the Holy Quran, فَتَلَقَ آدَمَ مِنْ رَبِّي كَلِمَاتٍ فَتَابَ عَلَيْهِ إِنَّهُ وَالتَّوَابُ الرَّحِيمُ Allah Ta'ala had taught Nabi Adam the words of Tawbah, how to make Tawbah, and Allah Ta'ala forgiven, and we know the famous words of, of Nabi Adam at the time when he made Tawbah was رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا مُفُسَنَا وَإِنْ لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُنَّنَّا مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ So the day that Allah Ta'ala had forgiven Nabi Adam says Allah some ulama that that has also been the on day the day of Ashura. Of Ashura. Mm-hmm. Let's get to another happening. Another happening that ulama mentions that happened on the day of Ashura was the uh, Allah Ta'ala had saved the ship, the ark of Nabi Nuh salam, from sinking. Now we know Nabi Nuh salam, he warned his people, he called them da'wah. Can you imagine da'wah? 950 years calls him to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, laylan wa naharan, night and day, he calls them to Allah ta'ala, warns them there is going to come a great flood. They mocked him, they played with him, made fun of him. In actual fact, on occasions, they even hit him until he became unconscious. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, awesome, uh, me and myself and yourself and the listeners, we should ask, how much did I spend in da'wah? Allah. Look what Nabi Nuh went through. Today somebody tells us something back in the bed, we say, no, I've lost. But that was Nabi Nuh alayhi salam, and then when it finally happened, when the water gushed, and the, and the earth was full, the dunya was full, the water came like towers, mountains, that it came. Even his son, Kanaan, calls him and says, my son, come get up, he don't want to get up, so I'm going to climb the highest mountain, I'll be safe. Mm-hmm. And Allah Ta'ala causes this moj, this wave to come between him and his son. And Allah Ta'ala that day saved Nabi Nuh alayhi salam and those who have believed with Nabi Nuh. And ulama says that it happened on the day of Ashura, Ashura. On the day of Ashura. So therefore, when we speak about this 10th day of Muharram, mm-hmm. this day called Yomu Ashura, then we know that these were the things that happened there amongst the things that we mentioned. Allah Ta'ala forgiven Nabi Adam alayhi salam, mm-hmm. saved Nabi Musa alayhi salam, destroyed the Fir'aun, 
And Allah Ta'ala had saved the Ark of Nabi Nuh and his people. For that, Sheikh, do stay tuned. We're going to go for a quick ad break, and when we come back, we'll continue with the program called The Talking Point here on The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the program called The Talking Point here on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Studio with your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed, standing in for Buta Jamil Wallace. And if you have just joined us, Alhamdulillah, we are joined in studio by the Honorable Sheikh Riyad Fatar, who is the Imam of the Husami Mosque in Cravenby. And this evening we are chatting about the events of Yomul Ashura as well as the historic events of Karbala. Uh, Sheikh Riyad? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Taridawan, respected listeners, the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam says in a hadith narrated by Tirmidhi, Al-Hasanu wal-Husaynu Sayyida Shabab Ahlil Jannah. Sayyidina Al-Hasan and Sayyidina Al-Husayn, the two grandsons of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, that they are the masters of the youth of the Jannah. That brings us to our next part. Mm-hmm. And that is that we remember the great sacrifice of our beloved Sayyidina Al-Husayn and his family. May Allah be pleased with all of them. Radiallahu ta'ala anhum Theirs was the true jihad for the cause of truth and justice. We learn the lessons from them, lessons of courage, mm-hmm. lessons of, of, of sabr, of patience and perseverance. When we speak about the episode of Karbala and that was the sad event that we also remember on the day of Ashura. Ashura with the other things that we had mentioned we do not forget that it was on this day that the Muslim Ummah had witnessed such a painful event that had taken place um, in Ashafak every year in my masjid I speak about it and I tell my jama'ah it is not something that one loves to speak about. Mm-hmm. But, like said, uh, Abdul Qadir al-Jailani has encouraged um, and saying that the day of Ashura, said Abdul Qadir al-Jailani says that this is not the day of sadness and sorrow, mm-hmm. but it is a day of fasting. The day of Ashura, which will be on Saturday and Friday night, we will be in the masjid for uh, Yomu Ashura. In actual fact, let me also say the Afrikaans word because there's some of the people who are saying, what is Ashura? It's Tinda Muharram. It's Tinda Muharram. Tinda Muharram, what does Opa Khurirat mean? That is Ashura. It's the 10th day of the month of Muharram. So, yes. And you also indicated that that will then be on Saturday coming, that is Saturday the 23rd of October, which will then coincide with the 10th of Muharram. That's correct. That's correct. Um, but when it comes to fasting, um, I now didn't want to go into this, but I now feel so compelled to say that we know that there are three ways that we can fast. And that is that we can, and I'm not going to go into that, I'm going to leave this for the other ulama that's going to speak about Ashura. Mm-hmm. On Friday we have Sheikh Wasim, uh, Molana Wasim Hendricks is going to speak about Ashura also. But uh, it's, it's three darajat, you can fast on the 9th, the 10th and the 11th right. of Muharram. Or you can pass on the on the on the ninth and the tenth, right? Right. Or you can fast only the tenth. Okay. Right. Um, but that is not my concentration. Let's go to Al Karbala. 
Sayyidina Al-Husayn and Sayyidina Al-Hasan radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, um, we know that this was the uh, sons of Imam Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Sayyidina Al-Husayn, who we concentrate on tonight radiallahu ta'ala anhu, son of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, the youngest son of Sayyidina Fatima, and Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu anha was the daughter of the Nabi Muhammad وسلم, which makes Sayyidina Al-Husayn the grandson of the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. Um, one sees that there are certain sects and certain countries that mourn the the assassination of Sayyidina Al-Husayn in a very heavy way um, and it is regrettable that despite the huge amount of attention that the subject of Karbala enjoys, the event is persistently portrayed as two-sided. It is always depicted as Sayyidina Al-Husayn against Yazid, a right rising up against wrong, the quest for justice against the force of oppression, um, and many an opportunity has gone and superimposing the event of the theme of Shia against Ahl-Sunnah. Mm-hmm. And in this partial retelling of people that concentrates on what happened at Karbala, it is unfortunate that attention is drawn away from another guilty party. As far as Karbala is concerned and in the Ashura tragedy. While Sayyidina Hussein's martyrdom has been commemorated and his physical opponents and killers had been identified, They've been cursed and eliminated and killed. No one has spared a moment's anger for those who had deserted Sayyidina al-Hussein at the crucial hour. Mm -hmm. So therefore, tonight we give a, 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 according to the Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, the events that played down at Karbala. Watariddawan, respected listeners, it is the 60th year of the Hijrah. Letters are coming in from Kufa, mm-hmm. and the letters are urging Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu to go in the revolt against Yazid ibn Muawiyah. Mm-hmm. They assure them of their loyalty, they will give him bay'ah, and Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu, who had died two months earlier, there was a lot of resentment towards his son Yazid. Uh, for whom Bay'ah was taken as his successor. Mm-hmm. So the people of Kufa were looking at Sayyidina Al-Hussein anhu to be the Imam. Right. Because they said, we have no Imam. And the letters came streaming in from Kufa, and on certain days, there would be as much as 600 letters on one day. And these letters were all addressed to, to Sayyidina Al-Hussein, Sayyidina anhu, saying, we want to give you Bay'ah, be our imam. imam, we will stand in revolt against Yazid ibn Muawiyah. So the messengers, they were enthusiastic, they described the support that is coming from the Kufans and so on. Kufa, you know, it was, that is a unique place. Mm-hmm. And the Kufans are peculiar people. In the, in the 37th year after the Hijrah, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu moved his capital from Medina to Kufa. to Kufa. And ever since, that city became the home of those who claimed partisanship mm-hmm. to Ahlul Bayt. 
or preference or support to Ahlul Bayt. And after the reconciliation between Sayyidina Al Hassan and Sayyidina Muawiyah in the 41st year after the Hijrah, many of them who had been in Sayyidina Hassan Rajalahanu's army, they went to go settle in Kufa. Kufa. So, at the time of Sayyidina Muawiyah's death in the 60th year after the Hijrah, Kufa was very strongly pro Sayyidina Ali Rajalahanu. Thus, when the opportunity arose, the Kufans who still regarded themselves as supporters of the Ahlul Bayt now turns to Sayyidina Al Hussein to lead them against Yazid mm-hmm. ibn Muawiyah. Sayyidina Al Hussein, he then decides to send his cousin. The name of this cousin was Muslim ibn Aqil. Send him to investigate the situation in Kufa. Kufa. And if he finds it feasible, he would then write to Sayyidina Hussein, inform him, and then he would depart with his family from Makkah to join him in Kufa. Kufa. So Muslim Ibn Aqil arrives in Kufa in Dhul Qa'dah. The Kufans, when they learned of his arrival, they presented themselves at, his, at, at the residence where he was, and soon there were about 12,000 Kufans who had given them given him this solemn pledge of support so, to Sayyidina Hussein with their lives and their money. Mm-hmm. So 12,000 of these people in, in Kufa, they pledged their support Pledge to Sayyidina Hussein. Sayyidina Hussein. 12,000. Allah. When this number now rose to 18,000, Muslim mm-hmm. Ibn Aqil felt confident. This is enough for me. So he right. sends a messenger to Sayyidina Hussein, informing him of the bay'ah, of the alliance, the allegiance that is going to be given by the Kuj, uh, Kufans, and he's urging him, right, proceed, come, no. come from Makkaya, right, go ahead. At the same time, rumors of what was happening in Kufa reached Yazid in Damascus. Mm-hmm. And he immediately replaced the governor uh, uh, that was at Kufa, his name was Nu'man ibn Bashir, because he was too... Soft-natured. Okay. To soft. Replaced him with a ruthless, ruthless uh, uh, governor mm-hmm. by the name of Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad. Mm-hmm. Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad, his orders is find Muslim ibn Aqil and kill him. Right? Ibn Ziyad entered Kufa in Dhul Hijjah. He is accompanied by 17 men on horseback. Mm-hmm. Now what he does is he takes his turban and he throws it across his face so nobody recognized him when he came in. So the po- people of Kufa who were expecting, they were expecting Sayyidina Hussein, mistook him for Sayyidina Hussein, and they said, Salamullah alayka ya ibn Rasulullah. Peace be upon you, son of Rasulullah. Meaning the grandson the of Rasulullah mm-hmm. They called out. So therefore, Ibn Ziyad had now just confirmed the rumors were true. That was true, yes. The rumors were true. And it was only when the men around him shouted, Stand back, this is the new governor, Baydullah ibn Ziyad, that the Kufans realized the seriousness of the blunder, mm-hmm. of the grave mistake. So, when Baydullah ibn Ziyad, he reached the governor's residence, he got one of the uh, uh, servants and he gave him a bag containing 3,000 dirham and he said, you go pose as a newcomer from Syria, uh, from Homs, and you want to join the revolution. Mm-hmm. Your job is, you must find out where's Muslim Ibn Aqil. Right. He located Muslim Ibn Aqil in the house of Hani Ibn Urwa. 
He takes the Pledge of Allegiance, gives them bay'ah. The money is handed over to the treasurer of that time. His name was Abu Thumama. And um, he was acting as the treasurer. And now he stayed with them for a couple of days. Now he's learning everything that's going on, what's going to happen and that. And he returns to Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad and informs him everything. Mm-hmm. Urwa, uh, Han ibn Urwa, he's arrested. At first he denies everything. I don't know who's a Muslim. And then this newcomer is brought. Mm-hmm. He's now been spying with him. He's been spying on them mm-hmm. all the time. And, okay, right, he admits, but he still refuses to reveal where Muslim Ibn Aqil was. In the meantime, Muslim Ibn Aqil came to hear about the arrest of Han Ibn Urwa, and he realizes that the hour for decisive action is now. Mm-hmm. A decisive encounter must happen now. So he raised the battle cry and he shouts, Ya Mansur! Right? And 4,000 men come that have given them the bay'ah and loyal to Sayyidina Hussein. They gather around him and they proceed towards the governor's fort. Right? Right. When Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad now saw, yes, all these people is going to, at least he heard that they are all on his way to his, to his residence. He now got the tribal leaders of Kufa. Mm-hmm. And he told them, you better go and speak to your people. Because there's an army coming from Damascus, so massive, it's going to destroy all, all of you. Of you. Mm. It's going to descend upon uh, 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 descend upon you from uh, uh, Damascus, and you and your families, we will destroy each one of you. Not only that, they even went so far as to, to influence the parents and mothers came crying to their sons and said, come home, there's enough people to fight to here. Fight. Fathers mm-hmm. are saying, what are you doing? You know, tomorrow the Syrian armies are coming and whatever. They can, what are you going to do when they all come here? And so on. And the tribal chiefs and everybody's working on the 4,000, mm-hmm. right? The resolve of the men were taken the sacred oath to support and to defend the cause of Sayyidina Hussein and the Ahlul Bayt against Yazid and the Syrian armies. They couldn't hold face in, uh, in, in such threats and discouragement. Even though Sayyidina Hussein was at that very moment making his way to Kufa with his beloved family, mm-hmm. his nearest and dearest. Why? On the promise of the Kufans. Of their support. Mm-hmm. One by one, the Kufans deserted Muslim Ibn Aqil. And at the gate of the governor's fort at sunset, he was, you know, they started off with from Dhuhr. They mm-hmm. made Salaf of Dhuhr. Big number. And now when they come to the gate of the governor, not even there yet, he was left with 30 men. Allah. From the 4,000. From 1,000. He led them in Salatul Maghrib. And when he moved to the doorway of the emperor, the only one, uh, 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 when he moved through the doorway, he had with him only 10 men. Allah. And before he knew it, he was all on his own. Nobody around him. So they all just left. Everyone left. All of those who had so enthusiastically and anxiously written Sayyidina Hussein, given their support, lead us in the revolt against Yazid. And out of 18,000 men, and was this a few days before, 
that had put their right hands and given a solemn pledge of alliance to the cause which they had invited, the grandson of the Nabi mm-hmm. not a single one of them was there to offer Muslim Ibn Aqil any solace or any company or any refuge from the night. Mm. No one. Muslim Ibn Aqil, because of extreme thirst, he knocks at the doors in the streets and trying to get some water because he, has, he, he had been extremely... An occupant, an old lady, mm-hmm. opens the door and she finds out and she learns that this is Muslim Ibn Aqil. She decides she's going to hide him in a house and the son that was there, she tells him, you promise me you're not going to tell anybody that he is here. The same son waits till the morning and he takes the news to the governor Aye. to obey the ibn Ziyad. And the next thing, Muslim Ibn Aqil realized the house is surrounded. And three times he managed with his sword, he's driving them back, the attackers back and so on. And when they started putting fire to the house, he was then forced to face them outside. One of the, the, the commanders there, Abdurrahman ibn Muhammad ibn al-Ash'ath, he was, he was sent to arrest him. He promised him, listen, we promise you safety. We mm-hmm. promise your life. Just come with us. And he lowered his sword and that was his mistake. That was his mistake. They took away his sword, put him on a donkey and took him to Ibn Ziyad. And Muslim Ibn Aqil knew that death was at hand. It was imminent now. Yes. It's now coming. Yes. We're going to go for a quick ad break and when we come back we'll continue then, uh, inshallah. Welcome back to the program called The Talking Point here on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Syria with myself, Ridwan Ahmed. And if you have just joined us, well, you've missed out. But we do have in the studio with us the Honorable Sheikh Riyad Fatar. And we are speaking about the events of Yawmul Ashura as well as the historic events around Karbala. Now, Sheikh, we were at the point where uh, Muslim Ibn Aqil was now all alone. Um, he had now given up his sword after they've uh, put fire to the house. And I think that was his mistake. Yes. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Muslim Ibn Aqil now realized that this is death for him. Mm-hmm. This is death for him. Tears flows from his eyes. And when he was questioned, he said, I'm not crying for myself. But you couldn't now I'm not crying for I to am crying. He's crying for Sayyidina Hussein and his family. They are traveling through a harsh, merciless desert towards a fate that's going to be more harsher and more merciless. Allah, astaghfirullah. And to an enemy that is firmly resolved to bring an end to the venture of Sayyidina Hussein. Um, and they're going to the most treacherous of supporters. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and their decision came at the hour of need. Came at the hour of need. So, Muslim Ibn Aqil, he begs Ibn al-Ash'ath, he says, just send someone to Sayyidina Hussein with the following message. And he says, Ibn Aqil has sent me to you. He says, go back with your family. Do not be deceived by the people of Kufa. They are those same supporters of your father for whom he so dearly wished to part by death or by being killed. The Kufans have lied to me and have lied to you and a liar has no sense. And later that day, which was the day of Arafah by the way, 
the ninth of Dil Hijjah. Muslim Ibn Aqil was taken up to the highest ramparts of the fort. And he was being led up, and as he goes up, he is reciting tahleel and tasbih and takbir and making istighfar. And his last words yani, will reflect his, 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 his intense disappointment with the people of, of Kufa, Kufa. Mm-hmm. when he said, Oh Allah, you be the judge between us and our people. They deceived us and they deserted us. And from that high rampart, his head fell down into the dust below by them. In full view of those people, of those people who had sent the invitations, mm-hmm. of those people who had given oath of allegiance, that had given him so much hope, their cowardice and their treachery had left him nothing but despair. And in the meantime, Sayyidina Al-Hussein was on his way. Mm. Radiallahu ta'ala. Radiallahu ta'ala. But Aridawan and respected listeners, Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad, he entered Kufa with only 17 men. For each man, there was over a thousand Kufans. Kufans mm. and, 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 and after the bayah with uh, Muslim ibn Aqil, not a sing. I mean, after the, uh, he had been captured, not a single sword was raised in his defense. 17 men against 18,000. 18, Not even a single voice had the courage to protest his, his execution. Hmm? And these were the same people who had been telling Sayyidina Hussein, Come, we are with you. Radiallahu ta'ala. Upon the receipt of the letter of Muslim. Ibn Aqil said al Hussein started making arrangements to travel to Kufa. That's not the first one. Mm-hmm. Traveling to Kufa. He immediately dispatched uh, a messenger to inform the Kufans of his imminent arrival. And this messenger was also captured by Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad. So Ubaidullah was now aware that uh, Sayyidina Hussein was, Fully uh, aware. was on his way. Fully aware of what was happening and he knows exactly what was going on. And he captures him, captures the messenger, and he's taken to the walls of the fort, and he say, he's being told that you must curse Sayyidina Hussein and Sayyidina Ali. Instead, he praises Sayyidina Ali. He praises Sayyidina Hussein Um and telling them that Sayyidina Hussein is on his way and pleading them to assist the people of Kufa, pleading them to assist him as they promised. Mm-hmm. Hmm? And um, he ended off with curses upon Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad. And by the order of Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad, he was thrown off the fort from the top and fell to his death. Now I want to say, Despite this plea, this impassioned plea, the men of Kufa were still unmoved. A second opportunity that they have to do something, they were still unmoved. Meanwhile, so the first appeal was obviously by Muslim Ibn Aqil. Yes. And they just stood there, they didn't do anything. Now there's another appeal now from the messenger, sent by uh, By Sayyidina Hussain. Hussain, And they're still just standing there not doing anything. Exactly. Now Sayyid al-Hussein, he is now determined he is leaving towards Kufa. Send Muslim ibn Aqil and he gathers his family and they are going to leave. 
And the Sahaba around him, they tried to convince him, don't go. These Kufans, they are very deceptive people. Mm. They cannot be trusted. This, they cannot be trusted. They betrayed your father, they betrayed your brother. Amongst them of the Sahaba was Abdullah ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Umar, uh, Jafar ibn, Abi, uh, ibn uh, Abdullah, uh, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, his own brother Muhammad al-Hanafiya, uh, Sa'id ibn Musayyib, and, and many others, brother-in-law and cousin Abdullah ibn Jafar, they all tried to persuade Sayyidina al-Hussein, don't, don't go. go, don't go. But he lives on the 8th of the Hijjah, lives, and it is said that Sayyidina al-Hussein, there was two reasons for him leaving. The one is that because he was standing up to Yazid ibn Muawiyah, he didn't want the sanctity of Makkah to be desecrated mm -hmm. with blood. And the second reason, it is said that he had seen the Nabi والسلام, in, a dream, in a dream. And that the Nabi والسلام, had ordered him with something, but he refused to inform anybody else. Mm -hmm. And these were the two reasons that pushed him to go to Kufa. To Kufa. On the way, and, and, and he leaves, he leaves with his household, his beloved, his family, the people around him. The, he leaves with his support, his close supporters, close family, 70 men. And they leave and they go towards Kufa. On the way, they meet a very famous poet. His name is Al Farazdaq. Al Farazdaq. And he asked him how things there and so on. And he says to him, says to Sina Hussein, their heart is with you, but the sword is with the Umayyads. Mm. In other words, the heart is with you, but the sword is on your neck. <laughs> yes. Right? So, yeah. Everybody but Sayyidina Hussein, he refuses. He is not these desert Arabs. They are joining Sayyidina Hussein, radiallahu anhum. And now they are all marching with him and thinking that, yani, Kufa was, I mean, if I'm Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhu, then I would think Kufa is practically mine. Mm -hmm. Because of all the messages of support. Everything is sorted, you know. Mafshir, just hold that totally. We're going to go for a quick ad break. And when we come back, we'll then continue and wrap up our discussion with the Honorable uh, Sheikh Riyadh. Welcome back to the program called The Talking Point here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM studio. And yes, alhamdulillah, we are talking Yawmul Ashura and the historic events of our Karbala. And uh, here to share with us uh, is uh, the Honorable Sheikh Riyad Fatar. Sheikh Riyad? Yes. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh. Habibi, we have very little time, time. left yes, and I'm sure we I want to complete. Um, let me say that Sayyidina Hussain Radiallahu Anu now finds out that he has been deserted by the Kufans. Mm -hmm. He finds out Muslim Ibn Aqil has been killed, the messenger is sent that he's been killed, and he now turns to everybody and he says to them that our supporters, and he uses the, uh, 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 these people that were supporting him from Kufa, they have deserted us. So therefore, whoever wants to leave, leave. The family of Muslim Ibn Aqil says, no ways, we're not leaving, we're not leaving. we want revenge. Mm -hmm. So many then leave and they or leave off also. When Ubaid ibn Ziyad hears that there is, they are on their way, he sends a force from Kufa. 
that had, that come from uh, that had come to join them from that had come from Damascus, four thousand men to go out to go in meet them, mm-hmm. all right, to meet up with them and to take Saddam Hussein in as captive, sends out this, and at the command of Omar ibn Sa'd. Now even at that point, can the Kufans not see here's a big forces leaving of four thousand? Mm. They leaving for Sayyidina Al Hussein. Still, nothing is done to that. And when they meet up with, with Sayyidina Al Hussein, and he now Sayyidina Al Hussein now sees that he is not going to get anywhere with them, he tells them, "Okay, I have three. I, I give you three options. Then um, leave me. Let me go and discuss this thing with Yazid. Mm-hmm. Or number two, leave me, and I want to go." And uh, where the Mujahideen is in the mountains, I'll join the Jihad. Or otherwise, let me return to Makkah. But Ubaidullah in, 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 in ibn Umar, uh, Umar ibn Sa'd, he then says, look, I can't make any decisions. I must go speak to Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad. Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad has with him a man um, by the name of Shimr ibn Dil Joshan. And he tells him that never, you don't take anything. We must take him. It's mm. either he is going to submit or we're going to kill him. And unfortunately, the battle uh, starts and, and, and at Karbala. In actual fact, when that stops in Al Hussein, yes. instead of going towards Kufa, that is the direction we need to now turn towards Karbala. Mm. And, 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 and the battle has started there with the Kufans being deserted. Ya Rab, you know, I, I, I don't like to speak about this part. And, and Sayyid al-Hussein, he has 70 people, he has his family with him, he has his own children with him. The women are there and they face 4,000 and they are 70. Mm-hmm. And it is said that the, uh, uh, Sayyid al-Hussein had shown the most brave, and all those that have been with him, bravery, and, and shuja'a and fighting them off and things like that. And they were so afraid to come to close to Sayyidina Hussein, the battle lasted almost for a whole day. Allah. 70 to 4,000. Until this Iblis Shiver Ibn al Joshan takes a spear and he throws it at Sayyidina Hussein. And Sayyidina Hussein then drops to the floor. There's a lot in this that needs to be said, but we are now limited with time. Um, Sayyidina Hussein drops to the ground, and it is said that Shimmer ibn al-Joshan or someone else had then cut off the head of Sayyidina Hussein. Hussain. Um, and, 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 and that is how Sayyidina Hussein had been martyred, and so on, and, and years later, the people of Kufa, and, and, and that is why you find today that there are certain sects and people that today they still slash their bodies mm-hmm. and they still hit their bodies, and you'll see the blood come as they slash them mm. on, on Yom Ashura, Ashura yes. because of this desertion of Sayyidina, Sayyidina Hussein. Hussain. Because they deserted. In actual fact, years later, there were people that co- from Kufa that wanted to make amends for the desertion of the family of the Nabi, wasalam, and they were called Tawabun. And they took and they wanted to take revenge on the killers of Sayyidina al Hussein. They made Tawbah, they went to look for Baidullah ibn Ziyad, they found him and they killed him and so on and yani, all those that had been there. Um, a tragic event, wallahi, that makes us sad all the time 
when we speak about this event. But I do want to end off with the words of, of Ibn Kathir for those people and those sects that are so fighting uh, or damaging their own bodies. In Islam, we don't believe in damaging the body to purify the soul. The soul. Mm-hmm. We don't believe in that. But uh, Imam Ibn Kathir, rahimallah, he says that while Sayyidina Hussein holds an extremely high position by us, why is it that these same people have not shown the same kind of 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 of, of mourning to the father of Sayyidina Hussein, mm. Sayyidina Ali? Sayyidina Ali, yes, And Sayyidina Ali was better than his son. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they have the same kind of mourning to Sayyidina Uthman when he was killed while reciting the Holy Quran? Quran? And his house was surrounded. Why only now for say for and, for and, and he yes. is better than Sayyidina Ali. Mm. Why didn't the son of Sayyidina Umar was on his way? It was at Salatul Fajr that was killed at, uh, at Salatul Fajr, and not that is shown. Neither Sayyidina Abu Bakr go better know. than all of them. The Nabi Ali Salatul Salam. Do they show any mourning for the day that Allah Taala taken the Nabi Ali Salatul Salam to the rahmah of Allah Taala? No, they no. don't. So therefore. It is best that we stay with the version of Karbala that comes from the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. May Allah Ta'ala make us all min al-muttaqeen wa min al-muhsineen wa min ibadiyya salihin. And now I've gone a little bit over time. I humbly apologize. And may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala grant all those that sick. Allah Ta'ala grant them all shifa. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa akhiru da'wanan alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.